Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. Hi, I'm Kieran O'Donnell and you're welcome to Business Matters. Later in the programme... I'll be talking to co-owner of the Key West restaurant in Donegal Town and president of the Donegal Women and Business Network, Joe Daly, about the tough times the restaurant sector is experiencing. My first guest this week is the low-based mechanical services contractor, Adrian Swinney, who is also owner of Swinney's Home Value and Lettermack Award and Swinney's Plumbing and Hardware in Derry Big. The former Donegal senior footballer, began by recalling when the business was set up by his late grandfather in the Rosses over 80 years ago. Yeah, well, I think uh, from what my father would have told me, my late father would have told me, um, uh, my grandfather came back uh, from America, I think in the, maybe in the 40s or so, um, decided then to set up shop in, in, in Clawley, let him make a word. Um, I think from what I can, what I was told is that they had a, a small, like a small grocery shop, and they had a, a delivery service as well, going out through the countryside, and and um, I think that was actually done by horse and cart at the start, from what from what my father would have told me. Um, uh, so I suppose then uh, that that ran then for operational then for so many years or whatever uh, until me. My own father then took it over. Um, that was probably in the sixties, I think sixties, seventies, and eighties. He would have been there. And what was your What was your earliest memories of, of the shopping business that um, you were going up I suppose. Um, I suppose the one thing is, my brother, myself, my brother Raymond would have been told to waste spuds. That's what our, our task was, and and during every 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 evening or whatever. And that was my first memories of it. Um, Nobody wanted, I suppose. There was a big, there was a big house of us in it, and nobody, nobody wanted to be working in the shop as such, you know. But uh, we saw, we saw above the shop, didn't we? Would have been, nah. Yeah, everybody had 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 to. Uh, we had to take turns, like and, uh, and, many, and many was involved. Well, there was there were, that time. Well, uh, the two elder girls, Mark and Nan, they would have been in Fulcar at the time. Um, Louise, Edwina. Miles obviously had gone as well, so it was down to myself and Raymond, Louise and Edwina, the four of us, and, um, you know, they've been always around, whether it be dinner breaks or whoever, whoever was doing this and that, you know, but, um, no, listen, it was, I suppose, looking back, it, it, uh, it, there was times it was enjoyable as well, you know, but, uh, no, the, the way in the spuds would have been the, my first memory of, 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 uh, of working in the shop. So weekends and holiday time, I'm sure, we'll spend work on the shop then as well as you grew up? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Well, um, I think summer months especially, um, uh, from what I can remember now, from what I, myself, I actually went to work for my uncle, Huey O'Donnell, outside on the one garage. He had a gar- he had the local Huey Nappy, had the, the, the uh, petrol station outside on the low there on your left and side on your way in. So I went to work for him um, when I was about 10 or 11. Thankfully, I got out of the shop. Um, but so I, sp- I would have spent maybe the guts of eight or nine summers down there at him. What was the attraction with, with, with that with that of business? Well, I think it was just the whole. I suppose in, in our house, we had tractors, we had machinery about the house, and and uh, we were that was sort of something that always seemed to take my fancy. And the fact that uh, Huey was a mechanic. Um, 
I suppose that threw me down there as well, you know, and, and uh, I would have learned a lot off him over the years, him and Manus in the garage, you know. So you decided to, to train and become a plumber y- yourself, Edwin. What was the motivation to selecting that career path? Uh, well, I suppose it was looking back probably at my schooling and that, and not that it was, uh, you know, I, w- I wouldn't have been overly interested in the a- academic side of, of school or whatever, and I knew it was, I had an interest in either mechanics or something like that, and... Uh, it was actually through uh, a cousin of of uh, my mother's, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Nappy O'Donnell. He he knew of a, a local a local man in the area that was working for for Lightly's. That would have been my uh, employer, my first employer, my first you know when I started my apprenticeship. And uh, it was through him that I got started with uh, James Lightly's then from Ballyshannon and to start my apprenticeship. And what age were you at that stage? Uh, I would have been eighteen. Mm-hmm. I would have done my leaving and all and and. Um, this this uh, post then came up uh, to get trained with with lately, so that I took that. So t- talk me through that process. Yeah, it was tough. Um, I suppose I was still involved was involved with some of the inter county teams at that stage, uh, uh, the minors on the twenty ones, and and it was it would have been tough, no doubt about it. Kieran, you were you were I mean. You might have been working around Leatherkenny, uh, and you would have to travel in from maybe wait on a lift to, to get to training, then maybe to, to the Stern Order or wherever you were training, you know, and you were, you were landing to training and muck from, from head to toe as such, you know, and, and, um, and expected then to go out and, and, and do laps around the pitch for, for a couple of hours, you know, so it, it was definitely tough going, like, and at that stage, mobile phones wouldn't have been that, Predominant or whatever, and 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 uh, you know you ha- you had to go to a, a phone box to make a call to try and get a lift, and you know it, definitely it was tough going. Um, I suppose then being the van, the Lightly's van, the company van, used to travel in. If you're, we'll say, if you're wherever you're working, you used to travel in out of Dunlow, and I lived out of Dunlow as well, and, and it meant then that you either had to take a bike from Dunlow then back out to where you were living. So it was, it was definitely it was tough going. There was one or nights there, and you had a you know, either plough through the snow or the, the rain to get home, but uh, it, was, it, it was definitely a learning curve and it was definitely, it was tough going, but I think it probably stood to me in the end, you know. Can you remember your, your first job or the first site you went to? Most likely. Uh, I can. It was uh, it was actually the regional college in Letterkenny. Um, I... I, I uh, I was on there, uh, I think it was working with one of the local lads, Pat McCollin and Dunlow, and, and I was kind of his sidekick starting off, and it was, we are working in one of the first, uh, I think it was the third story of one of the part of the bulletin, and, and I think any, it was the, uh, it wouldn't have been LIT at that stage, it had been uh, RTC at that stage, and I think any, so, um, uh, worked there for the summer and it went from one job then to the next or whatever, you know. So it, I enjoyed it to a point. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it and, 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 uh, enjoyed the whole, like it was wide ranging. It wasn't just uh, domestic plumbing. You were industrial plumbing. You're working in factories. You're working in schools and you're working in house. So it was a variation. There was a, a wide variation there of, of, of different parts of the work, you know. Had you a favourite line that that you enjoyed better? Than well, I, I just liked the whole gas weld and electric weld, like that part of it. And uh, you know, as most as, as you as you were training and you were you were actually improving and doing something, you got some satisfaction out of it then, and it grew from there as most, you know. So, uh, when did, did you make the decision Adrian, to branch out on your own? Well, it was sort of uh, it coincided really with what what. what um, Mum and dad, that they were coming close to their end or whatever, and and uh, listen, uh, mum at the time would have been not on to me, but she would have mentioned, you know, that what do you plan on doing? You know, because I was obviously the 
Raymond had gone to, to college. Edwina had gone to college. Louise was in London. Um, I was sort of the last one left in the house, still living at home. And uh, I probably would have discussed what the best way forward for the shop and that what, what my mum and dad at the time. And eventually then, you know, it came, we, uh, it came to a crossroads end where something had to be done with the shop. The shop needed a bit of a facelift and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I decided then they would make... I think it was in around 2000 or in around that time that uh, I would take it over. And with, with the help of my mum and dad, they were always there to help me, of course. And, and um, we fixed it up and, and, and uh, we got it going again or we got it, we got it moved on a bit, you know. And, and uh, you know, that I was doing that along with bits of plumbing work myself out in the road. And it was, it was busy times. So a, bit of, a fair bit of juggling going on there to, to start a new business and, and go out on your own and maybe take over the family business and, and maybe move it on. Ah, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was because uh, it was definitely when I th- when I look back here now. I mean, if I, if, if, if I had to do it all again, I would definitely I would think twice about it. You know, but uh, I remember I had a car. Even me one me one recollection was uh, you know I was uh, I had this thing in my head that uh, I would always take in some plumbing plumbing fittings into the shop to see if I could move them on uh, you know at that time and I had a car obviously I had I was uh, had a new car at the time and I ended up I sold the car to buy plumbing fittings from suppliers into the shop you know and I ended up there with an old banger again and this and that and I thought to myself I'm, I don't know whether I was going back or forward but I ended up that's what I done anyway you know and it was it was real tough 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 going at the time you know uh, I suppose it was an indication of how much you were prepared to invest personally as well though wasn't it uh, yeah I mean I suppose I was uh, I don't know what it was uh, what what part of me you know I suppose uh, it was a case of either going Go and trying to do the thing right, or trying to go flat out at it, or not do it at all as such, you know. And now with the help, I got some assistance as well from from my sister Margaret as well. She'd help me financially as well at the time to to give me a bit of a lift along with mum and dad. And and uh, between all, it, it it took a while to for it to come around, but you know we we got it we got it moving in the right direction, thankfully. How did you find the transition, Adrian, from uh, being an employee to being the boss? Well, I suppose it has its pluses and its minuses and that, you know, at, at that time it was only myself and maybe one other in the shop and, and then, uh, you know, it wasn't a massive outfit, you know, and, and uh, I suppose there was a, a lot of responsibility. We're still relatively young, I suppose, in the mid-twenties as such, you know. Um, I suppose I was inexperienced, you know, but, uh, you know, I would have learnt a lot over the years from my mother and father, of course, being there and... and, and uh, you know, try to just progress the thing. Uh, I suppose years or experience is a great thing. You know, and it's something that uh, I was very lucky to have with, with mum and dad being there. You mentioned the fact that you decided to try and sell plumbing materials. Obviously, there was a, a market for it when you're still very much up and running, and I've opened a second at it in Derry Big. Yeah, but I would have said it was. I suppose um, it, from my recollection of it back that time, it was tough because I mean. You were trying to entice, we'll say, suppliers to come into the shop and that, and and they didn't want to step down on maybe some of the local competitors in the area as well, you know. So that was a problem. Uh, but but by but, you know, it was slow progress. But 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 by but, we built it up over the years, and and uh, you know, what what some great support from staff and that uh, only for them really caring that it, 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 listen without the support of staff you wouldn't I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today you know how many staff are you at the minute uh, we probably have about maybe 
maybe up to 10 or 11 employed with, with, with the, the retail end of it and maybe over around 20 maybe employed with, with the mechanical services as well out in the road, you know. Right. Talk to me a bit about the mechanical services line of the business. Yeah, well, that was something I obviously I started around the same time as uh, as, the, as the retail shop. Um, I would have, having worked with some of the lads uh, previously with Lightly's, I got I got some of them. Unfortunately, at that time, uh, Lightly's had... Uh, they were no longer in business or whatever, so uh, I managed to uh, uh, get some of the past employees, some of my past mates and that, uh, involved in the business. And and you know, as a, they had years upon years of experience behind them, and that was a, that was a great benefit to me, you know. And it was just through over the years, I suppose we've we've uh, progressed on. We do works for uh, different local builders and and. Um, semi-states bodies and stuff like that you know and, and it's really down to their te- testament to their um, application to their job that has helped me along the way as well you know uh, how have the uh, plumbing and heating systems changed over the years? I'm sure there's been a big change in terms of what's used and how it's used well definitely in the, in the domestic sector yeah absolutely um, I mean initially uh, way back when when I had started, it was all it would have been solid fuel, you know, all that sort of oil boilers. Whereas now, it houses are a, a, a lot well put together, better insulated. Uh, I mean, you have it's all heat pumps, renewables, solar. Uh, you have heat recovery systems. It's all very much high tech, you know. And but the cost of <clears throat> the cost of a buzz, the the overall build has gone up as well over the years, which is you know, it's just probably about worrying to a point you know but uh, no it's it's gone from being a very simple installation to you know a very uh, detailed installation now whatever you know um, has Brexit had any impact uh, on, on your business? Uh, not overly, Kieran. I would say it probably. You know, as most looking back at the start of uh, the whole thing, you know, we're we're involved, and uh, a lot of my suppliers come from us uh, through Dublin. We're involved with the Home Value Group. Um, I've now some of the supplies have slowed up in the last, you know, in the last eight, eight, ten weeks or whatever. But generally, no, they, they had no ma- had no ma- major bearing on, on the business. Uh, how big an effect ha- had the pandemic on your business? And not really, hasn't really bothered us much that much e- either. You know, when I think back now, uh, I suppose we're going to now be two years since the pandemic uh, arrived. Um, I suppose the thing around that time was that a lot of people were were, were penned in, or they were you know that they weren't allowed to move away from their area. I suppose that has helped the business to a point. A lot of people are doing DIY bits and pieces around their houses, which helped the business as well. And you know, to be fair, we've we've put a lot of work in this last couple of years in trying to market the business, trying to improve the whole thing. And and, and uh, I would say probably the the, the, the pandemic now has had no real effect on the business either. Business. Is there a person or people in business that you admire most, Adrian? There's probably not. I mean, uh, I suppose there's different people out there that I admire through different lines, whether it be football or or or, or business. And that I suppose Brian McEnough being one that that has he's dovetailed both uh, having uh, a lot of hotels or so many hotels under his under his name, and, and then he's dovetailed that with his football. Um, uh, it's football as well, you know. I suppose he's one that I probably would look up to. Yeah. And what's the best lesson that you've learned in business since you set up on your own? I suppose to think things through, uh, get the proper support around you, get good people around you, which I have, and which I'm very lucky to have. Um, 
that's a that's a big one. You know, people that are 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 really interested in the business and want to see the thing progress. I suppose that's the big one here. And what advice would Adrian Sweeney give his twenty one year old self? Well, that's a good one, Kieran. Um, I suppose, uh, looking back, I suppose I started into the thing a wee bit probably too early, maybe. Uh, if I probably would have let it, if I had let it go for maybe five or six years until I was maybe closer to the 30 mark, it might have benefited me more, maybe I'd been a wee bit more wiser. Um, but apart from that, listen, it's life is full of ups and downs, and business is the same. There's good days and bad days, but you have to take the rough with the smooth and just try and, and try and plow your way through it. What do you like most about being your own boss, Adrian? I, I, I just what I like to see in a business is it doesn't come down to the bottom line or accounts or anything like that. All I want to see is is is. Uh, I suppose uh, as we run obviously a service there and we, I want to see the thing run as best it, it possibly can, provide a good service for the customers um, and and uh, just see the thing going well. Um, there's nothing really other than that, Kieran, that, that, um, that sticks out really, you know. I know when you're not working, you're still very much involved with your local GA club and Dunlow, and uh, you've stepped into the managerial role. And we had success with under 15s there recently, beating Orson the county final in Convoy. Um, you, you enjoy giving a wee bit back, Adrian? Aye, absolutely, yeah. Well, uh, I suppose it's. Um uh, it was something new for me. I mean, uh, I took over that team a couple of years back or whatever, and it was my first foray into, into management or whatever. Um, no, there was no more than anything else. It was a lot of ups and downs. But no, with the fellas, the lads would have worked hard. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed to see the lads progressing and, and listen, you're trying to pass on your experiences to them and, and, and whatnot, you know, and, and, uh, but it was, it was nice to finish out this year on, on, on one and something. It, it, it was a wee bit of a, you know, boost for the lads and, and something maybe to, to work on for the future. Aaron, you, you had a, a magnificent career yourself, playing 136 times for Donegal, uh, an honour to an own Ulster title in 85, National Football League title in 2007, and an Ulster in 2003. Um, uh, you, you had a 12-year career finishing in, in 2008. When you look back on it all now, how do you look at your career now? Um, I look probably, if I've been honest with you, Kieran, I would be disappointed to a, po- a point of view. You know, from from a team point of view, we probably were capable of, of a lot more. Um, now, whether the infrastructure was right in the in the county at the time or not, but I suppose I do look back and disappoint. I think we would have played in five or six Ulster Ulster finals and and were on de- or defeated in all of them. Does that still hurt? Absolutely, it does. I absolutely yeah, it, it annoys me looking back. In fact, I don't like looking back. I'd rather look forward. But no, listen, it's it's something that doesn't, uh, and it's something that I'm trying to you know, if I'm talking to young lads in the future, uh, that's the one thing I do tell them. It, it passes in the flash of a flash of an eye. You know, so you need to uh, listen, make it work while, while you're while you're to do it. You know, uh, how did you feel in, in 2012? Uh, it was a part of me. I would have to be honest, but was was envious. I was glad for the lads. I was glad for the fellas that would have played. What would have played through the thing? There was a part of me that was envious of of them wanting the thing as well. But I was envious of them getting involved in the setup that that I would have liked to have been involved in. That was so professional and everything else done uh, properly. But listen, looking back, I suppose uh, it was great for the county. Um, and I was delighted for the fellas. I said that 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 I would have played along with, and, and delighted for them because obviously they were in the same road as what I was at the time. So you know, just, just that way. Could you give me the highest point and the lowest point of your playing career? Um, 
the highest point was probably probably won in the National League and, and I mean that was a big monkey off our back at the time um, we've been played in a lot of finals at that stage and we got to a, a National League Division 1 National League and, and to, to win that was a big was probably the, the pinnacle of our as a team that means a team game and that was definitely a high for me um, the lows there was a lot of lows Kieran to be fair <laughs> I don't know which which them I should pick but probably the also the final defeats either to would have been Armad at that time or or maybe Tyrone might have but I think it was the, probably the two thousand and three Ulster final would have been would have been a big disappointment where we I felt we were progressing well but came came up short and and and, and the uh, and the final. Tell me, Irene, do you take the same competitive nature that you had on on the pitch uh, into your business life now? I probably do. Yeah, I have to say I am probably competitive, and and as I said to you, it's, it's about trying to make things better, progress the thing, and and um, no more than if you're a part of a team, you're trying to improve as a team and whatnot. And they do the same with you know we we'd have our staff meetings and we have our. We have our Barneys up and down, but anything that's you know generally anything that's said is generally out, and I forget about it then and try and move on. But it's it's all about progression, Kieran, and trying to improve things, and that's that's probably why I'm in the, the game, I'm in. You've a busy house as well. Absolutely, yeah. Myself and Corona, um, we have we have six in the house, twins. The last two were born. They're probably just a year now, coming up in uh, up in uh, December. Um, extremely busy and I'm, I'd be damn glad to get out the door and leave today to work and tell me Aaron Finley what lies ahead for yourself and your business that's a good question Kieran depends on I suppose how things go with the economy and this and that and, and this Covid thing what, what lies ahead um, obviously from my own point of view I'll just try and, and, and uh, keep the wheel turning make, make sure everybody gets paid when they should get paid and, and, and try and, and progress different departments within the business um, I suppose I'm never happy that you know that is the real you know that's a final or the, the, the project's complete there's piles of room for improvement there at the minute and that's what I'll that's what I'll be doing in the next five to ten years hopefully if I'm healthy Aidan Sweeney owner of Sweeney's Home Value and Little Ward and Sweeney's Plumbing and Hardware and Dairy Big thanks for joining us today on Business Matters thanks Kieran join us after the break when we'll be talking to Joe Dilley Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector also a Masters in Governance Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services and a Certificate in Online Dispute Management visit lyit.ie for more information you're welcome back Joe Dealey is co-owner of the Key West restaurant in Donegal Town. For the first time in her 21 years in business on Thursday night last, not one customer came through her doors. The following day, Joe took to Twitter to let the public know just how tough things are in her industry. It certainly isn't the kind of December Joe and her team at Key West had been anticipating. Joe, it's hard to believe it's 14 months since you're last on the programme. Uh, it's been quite a roller coaster since. And when I was ringing you today just to see how things were and organise this interview, I didn't realise that things were as bad as they are at your end. And you took to Twitter to let the people know uh, what is happening with yourself and the restaurant. Can you maybe tell our listeners the state of play? Yeah, um, since the announcement there um, uh, about two, three weeks ago about, you know, people that have to reduce their contacts and kind of, you know, kind of more or less lie low before Christmas um, and the fact that all corporate groups have um, 
they're not allowed, you know, party. We've lost all our corporate bookings. I'm talking between 360 and 380 people that you would have been relying on to get you through the Christmas period. They're gone, wiped out within two days. Um, regularly on any given night that we're open, you're getting phone calls. People's numbers are going up and down because of being close contacts or else having um, coronavirus. Now we're reduced down to tables of six, which is fine. We've done that before. But um, we have to remind everyone that we're still working under a reduced capacity. So not only are we working within all the restrictions and requirements of us, no matter what we do, it's not enough. Um, Last night, we didn't see one person through the doors of Key West Restaurant. Um, I'm 21 years in business, and I have never, ever witnessed that before. Um... The only business we did yesterday was we sold a voucher for 80 euro and I sponsored two gift vouchers for 100 euro. So before we opened the door, we were down 20 quid. You have um, five staff working. Their bills still have to be paid. Their wages still have to be paid and no revenue coming in through the front door. And it's just doesn't look any better for the coming weeks. How frustrating is that for you? On a business level, um, it's very hard to gauge what's coming from day to day because the only really business that you have is a Saturday night and you have if you're lucky two sittings more often than not it's just one sitting and that's not enough to pay the bills so when you open your bookings book on a Saturday morning you think you know it might look half busy reasonably busy but then by the time six o'clock comes numbers have changed I mean I have a pencil and a rubber just sitting there with the book and spook because numbers are going up and down the whole time changing cancellations and we have to roll with that but we're used to um, hard situations and difficult situations but it's just to try and find the mental resilience all the time just to keep bouncing back and it's been a long 21 months and you just get to the stage sometime where you just feel like just throwing your hands in your hair in the air and just saying to hell with this but we can't I mean we have a duty to all our team and they've been very loyal and with us a long long time so they're always front and foremost in your mind that we have to keep these guys because they're our work family we have to keep them working The new restrictions that you referred to there Joe uh, they come into effect from December the 7th and they will be in place uh, according to the government until January the 9th Do you think the government have got it wrong or could they have done things better? They always could have done things better Um I mean, we were just chatting earlier. Um, there's, look, we will do everything our best to keep it to tables of six. But if you have a family that comes in and there's seven, at the, uh, you know, seven in the family, am I going to sit them at one table? Of course I am, because I'm not going to separate a family. And I mean, everyone that comes through our door is vaccinated. They're double vaccinated. They have their COVID certs. So they're asking us now to split up vaccinated people. It's just... It's mind-blowing sometimes where they come up with some of these ideas, you know. Last Christmas... Um, they kind of left us on the long finger the whole time. They've gotten so many things right and they've gotten so many things wrong with regards to the hospitality industry. Like last Christmas, there was so much kite flying um, about possible closures and when you were, we were going to close. I um, 
we had a plan for every day. We had a plan for the eventuality of saying now if they close on the 30th, we had a plan for that. We had a plan for every day that we thought we might be closing. But um, I think it was Sunday the 20th, they announced that we were closing Christmas Eve at 3 o'clock, which really blew everybody out of the water, shock-wise, because there was no thought given to the impact that would have on us because because it was Christmas week, we would have had to double order all our stock for deliveries. So we were left sitting with a pile of stock. The night before we closed, which was the 23rd, it was a Tuesday night, um, we had little or no bookings. But what bookings we had, we just emptied the shelves of stuff that was going to be out of date by April and we just said to the customers, help yourselves, take it with us because we would rather see somebody use it than going down the drain. I have no memory of last Christmas. Is, is communication a problem with the government and your sector or, or the lack of communication and your sector a problem? The lack of communication. I before think decisions are made. Before decisions are made, yes. And I think it's all the kite flying and the leaks that really play with your mind because you're always trying to plan and have a best case scenario if something happens. But this this mixed messaging or no messaging, it, it, it's just playing with everybody's minds because you're always, as a business, you're trying to keep things lean. Like uh, last week there, two weeks ago, there was rumours that we were going to be closing on the 12th. I mean, it was flying around the industry. She was in the media and everything. But um, we were about to change a wine menu, which would have meant um, me ordering in about maybe €4,000 worth of stock. And I stopped in my tracks. And I went, I'm not doing this because for me to order in all that stock, I would have been changing the wine list, blah, blah, blah. But I would have been left sitting with that kind of a loss on my shelves, maybe, because we just don't know what's coming down the line. So You had a hunch, though? Yes, you had a hunch, yes. Uh, tell me, Joe, what sort of response have you had to your tweet that you posted earlier today? Um most of them, uh, 99% of them are very supportive. Um, I haven't looked at them in the last hour. Uh, you get the odd, you know... Crank, but should we pass no remarks on them? But all very positive and very supportive from people in the industry and people that maybe are not in the industry, but you realise now this is the impact you have. You open your doors, you set out your stall, and and then nobody comes through, you know. And for for the staff and for ourselves, that's you're trying to keep yourself busy the whole time. You're cleaning, you're cleaning, you're cleaning. But I mean, you can only clean so many things so many times before you realise that's it. There's nothing else can be done, you know. I recall when we spoke last year, Joe, you talked about how emotional it was getting ready for the first lockdown. We've had three lockdowns now, and you feel that you're in a lockdown of sorts at the minute? Yes, we're in a lockdown 100% without being officially in a lockdown because the government has said, you know, reduce your contacts, don't go out, don't socialise, don't meet up in groups over six. And I mean, that's just wrecking our industry. I spoke to a lady two weeks ago who was in tears. Um, herself and her husband are trying to run their business. They're, he's in from six o'clock in the morning. They have three young family and they don't know where this is going to end no more than we do. And I mean, I got a text from another lady and she's was saying in her text, you know, things, Joe, things are really bad about us. You know, what's it like with you? And I told her the truth that it was just desperate. And I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I said, we're all in the same boat. I said, there's not one person in the hospitality industry can say they're doing well because they're not. Um, what sort of help, Joe, do you feel is needed for the industry now? And if you had a message uh, for the government and Michael Martin that you could deliver yourself personally, what would that message be? You've caught me on the hop here, Kieran. Um Well, first of all, I would like to see more clear messaging to the industry. If they're going to do something, let us know in good time. 
that this is going to happen, that they plan to do this in a week's time. Three days' notice is no good to us. If you had a week's notice, at least you can plan for that. And I know it's very hard for them to plan, but they've had plenty of experience at this now. You know, we've plenty of experience of closing down. They don't understand what it's like to um, sit with your team, plan for every eventuality, and then have to turn around and say, guys, that's it, we're closing the doors again, and we don't know when we're coming back. Now, last Christmas, we knew that it was at least going to be June before we were going to be open because we knew Easter was gone. We knew May was gone because of the two bank holidays at either end. So when we were closing our doors at Christmas, we knew we it would be June at the earliest before we were back in action. And how do you deal with that mentally? You just, the way I coped it was I didn't think past. Once we got the restaurant closed, I kind of tried to live day by day. And that's how I coped with that mentally. And that was a challenge. But I'm a positive person. And we'll always try and keep, you know, moving forward, moving forward. But I just wish the government would be much more responsive, engage more with us. And I know they are engaging with the industry, but sometimes I wonder who they're talking to because they're not talking to the likes of me in Donegal up here in the North Coast, West Coast, that's trying to survive. You cannot survive on just two months of the summer. You know, you have to try and build fast during the other months of the year as well. Now, Christmas is a good time of year and you need Christmas to get you through January, February, March because they are desperately lean months and without a Christmas without a good Christmas I really don't know and this is our second Christmas going through this I don't know where businesses are going to be in March or April next year if we can get through those months of January, February, March because they are really, really lean months. So I don't know where we're going to be. I don't know where the industry is going to be because we definitely need support to get back up and going. And most little businesses are like like Key West. There's only myself and Debbie, but you have 12 members of staff. So we're a small outfit that really need to... And most, there's so many restaurants like that and pubs like that that are just family run and that need support so that we can be back there next year because at the end of the day, these small businesses, they employ so many young people in the area and I'm going off tangent here now but this during the summer we were so looking forward to getting back opened and I was excited to be able to interview people and what shocked me during the interviews was two different individuals thanked me for having the opportunity of an interview because they never had one before one of these was a 19 year old girl 19 year old girl that never had an interview that really blew me away but anyways we couldn't hire those six people because um, the government changed the plans again. So there we were planning, hiring six people, very excited to be added to the team, very excited to be able to train people up and just kind of, you know, have new members because it brings in new life and new blood. But because they um, told us that we wouldn't be open until the 25th, um, those people went off and got other jobs, which you can't blame them. But the funny thing was, I was told that was going to happen a month previous and I didn't believe it because I said there is no way they would allow hotels open and not restaurants and I thought the person that told me was talking through their hat whether well, actually that they knew exactly what was happening so why couldn't they tell us why couldn't they let us know in advance that hey guys we're not letting you open because they knew there would be mayhem but if we had just honesty and clarity we're all smart people we're entrepreneurs we're business people you know, we understand, we get these things, but why hide that fact from us, you know? And that left us working all summer with reduced 
team. Now, we have a great team, and thank God. So what we had to do then was we had to reduce the amount of customers that we could take because we hadn't the staff to, to look after the customers the way they should be looked after. So you mentioned the importance of small businesses and your president of the Donegal Women and Business Network. How important has that been uh, in, in terms of a crutch uh, for support in these times for yourself and your, your fellow uh, business owners? Um, well, through the network, um, they've been fantastic support because there was times when, you know, on maybe live Zooms or something like that, you were talking about your business or your industry or your team. You might have gotten quite emotional about it. That happened a couple of times. And um, they were great because they understand themselves that it's it's a lonely place to be when you're kind of you have a small business and you're running on your own. Now, I'm so lucky I have Debbie and she's a brilliant, fantastic business partner. But we rely heavily on each other mentally and, you know, emotionally to kind of bolster one another up. But because of the network, there's 200 odd women there behind you that will do the exact same thing. So I'm so glad that I am involved with the network. They have kept me busy. They have kept me um, mentally strong. Sometimes when I wasn't, you know, they've given me great support. So, yeah, I'm so glad and I'm so proud that I have that team of women behind me because 80% of our members are solo entrepreneurs just like me. So, yes, we need to be able to support one another. And the network has appointed uh, a new network facilitator recently. Katrina Sennett took up the position. A very right. positive development, I'm sure, for the organisation. Very positive development. And thankfully, um, Katrina's position has been funded by the Donegal Local Enterprise Office. And we're very grateful and appreciative for that because it's a voluntary organisation. Um, it could take, you know, depending on what's going on, and you know, it could take sometimes, maybe sometimes weeks, it could take me 10 hours to do what I need to do. Um, the PRO, uh, Evelyn McGlynn, she puts, I, I don't know how many hours Evelyn puts in, she got in 40 plus, and this is all voluntary. And then you have Trish McGinley, she's a secretary, and like that, Trish could put in 30, 40 hours a week as well. She doesn't need clocker hours. So to have Katrina Sinnott as facilitator um, is really going to bolster up the network and ensure that the network um, grows stronger and is more sustainable going forward. Has there been an increase in membership in recent times? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, I think, can't remember correctly, I think the October figures were eight new members. Um, November figures, myself and Katrina did a road trip up to um, Downings and we met William McNutt from the McNutt factory, um, fabulous um Donegal weaves, machines and hats and everything, amazing stuff. I know William, I know his products, so I was so glad to be able to get up there and give them a bit of support. We popped into um, Ashing Arnold over there in Arnold's Hotel. We're not only chatting about the business and the industry and how tough it is, but also just, you know, how that we can be there to help and support um Ashley and anybody that's in the in the network, um, we also popped over to see Claire in La Maison and two amazing women, Claire and Anne, um, just to see was there anything we could do. And you know what? Even just the positive words from Claire and Anne back to me about our industry, you know, it just it helps you, you know, fight another day because that's what we do. We are going to fight another day, but it's it's very hard just to keep the in fight moment all the time. You know, sometimes you just want to fly. Does it make it easier to handle the way things are when you're involved in a movement like the Donegal Women Business Network? Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
there's so many pluses being involved in the Donegal Women in Business Network. Um, at the moment, we're uh, collaborating with ETB and they're running a social media course because I'm a woman of, I'll say my age, 52, soon to be 53, and I wouldn't be the greatest with technology or social media. And through the ETB, um, they're running a course now teaching women like myself who has a f- complete phobia about social media and Instagram and all of those platforms how to be able to use it for ourselves because most of us would employ someone to do it for us and by us being able to do this course, that's given the power back to us so that we can cut down our bills and also be able to use social media to our advantage. So, yes, there's huge positives. Next year, there's going to be a lot more courses ran. These are free. Um, ETB are running more courses. Um, Donegal Rural Skill Net, they're offering us courses as well. So we're working busy with them behind the scenes, collaborating to see what they can do, what, what our needs are, and how to work them both so that our members get the best that they can, you know, out of the network. And finally, Joe, looking forward to seeing the end of 2021 and looking forward maybe to a better 2022? I said that last year. Yes, hopefully. I dread the thoughts of January, February and March. Um, They're not looking good. We don't know what's ahead for us. And it's the unknown all the time that you're trying to deal with. And you're trying to figure out, have a plan, plan A. And I love to have a backup plan. I'm a bit like Bear Grylls in some ways. I just like to have a plan A, a plan B and plan C. And at the moment, we can't plan because we just don't know. And I would just love more clarity. I'd love if they would say to us, you know, the right thing to me, from what I think is only my opinion, what they should do is circle breaker in January, three weeks, don't let the schools go back, keep hospitality closed. It's a lean three weeks anyways. And it would be... I think a great opportunity to just say, okay, everything, we're just going to slow everything down for three weeks. Hopefully we'll get a grip on this and then we can come back. But please do not discriminate restaurants against hotels. It's so unfair. If you can walk into a hotel, you don't need a COVID cert. You can mingle with 200 people, but yet coming down to us, you have to have your COVID cert. That's fine. We'll do everything by the rules. But let us open and give us a fighting chance to get our businesses back up. Nobody wants to be on the pup. I mean, I was a year on the pup last year. Thankfully, I had a few savings to get me through. I don't know how I would have managed financially. I, I honestly, I don't know how I would have. But I cannot face another year like that. We just want to be back at work. Our staff want to be back at work. And we want to just keep going and build the business the best we can because it's been, people say the hospitality business is on its knees. I won't say that. I say it's been annihilated and it's been decimated by this, by so much wrong planning and indecision, mixed messaging, you name it, we got it and we deserve more. Joe Daly, co-owner of the Key West Restaurant in Donegal Town and president of the Donegal Women and Business Network. Thanks for joining us today on Thanks, Business Matters. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Adrian Swinney and Joe Daly. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the public sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information.